Hello, everyone, and good evening. This is another episode of Family Wealth and Other Musings, and I am your host, Becky Easton. I'm really glad that you've joined me again today. Um, This is our last day on the road. We'll be headed back into town tomorrow. Uh, It's been a nice trip out here in California, and the last few days here in Disneyland, we've had a lot of fun. And um, I do have some bonus content up for subscribers on uh, Red Circle with uh, one of the fireworks shows. So um, anyone who's a subscriber at at least the $10 level um, will have additional access to to that and um, some additional content that I put up for you periodically. So, um, let's see, let's talk a little bit about pet trusts. So while we've been gone, my cat has just been ruling the roost at, at home by himself. And it does make me wonder what would happen to him, who would take him if, um, if something were to happen to us, you know, and now, um, if you're an animal lover and have a pet of your own, you likely consider them to be a part of the family. And since your furry friends can provide protection, emotional support, and unconditional love, such consideration is often well-deserved. In stark contrast, however, the law considers your pet nothing more than personal property, which means that without a plan in place, your pet will be treated just like your couch or your vacuum in the event of your death or incapacity. So, for example, if you die without including any provisions for your pet's care in your estate plan, and none of your family or friends volunteer to take your pet in, your faithful companion will likely end up in an animal shelter. And while you can leave money for the care of your pet in a will, there's no continuing oversight to ensure your pet and the money you leave for its care will be cared for as you wish, if you do it that way. And indeed, the person who's named as the guardian of your pet in a will could actually just drop your animal off at the shelter and use that money to buy a new TV. They'd face no penalties at all for doing that. And what's more, a will is actually required to go through the court process known as probate. This is a common misconception that a will will protect you from having to go to court. It really just tells the court what to do with your stuff. And this probate process can last for years and leave your pet in limbo during that entire time. And a will only goes into effect upon your death. So if you're incapacitated by accident or illness, it will be useless for protecting your pet. In come the pet trusts. So given these limitations, the best way to ensure your animal companions are properly taken care of in the event of your death or incapacity is to create a pet trust. Pet trusts go into effect immediately and allow you to lay out detailed, legally binding rules for how the funds in the trust can be used. Pet trusts can cover multiple pets, work in cases of incapacity as well as at death, and they remain in effect until the last surviving animal dies. So here are a few of the more important things to consider when you're setting up a pet trust. First, you want to be thinking about who to name as caregivers. This is going to be the most important decision when creating a pet trust. The caretaker will have custody of your pet 
and is responsible for your pet's daily care for the remainder of your pet's life. And as with naming a guardian for your children, make certain to choose someone you know will watch over and love your pet just as you would. Consider the caretaker's physical ability. Naming someone elderly to raise your Great Dane puppy might be asking a little too much. And also, make certain your pet fits with the caretaker's family members and other pets. Discuss your wishes ahead of time with a potential caretaker and never assume they're willing to take on the responsibility. In case your first choice for a caretaker is unable to take in your pet, name at least one or two alternates. If you don't know any suitable caregivers, there are a variety of charitable groups that can provide for your pet if you're no longer able to. Then you wanna be thinking about trustees. Trustees are tasked with managing the trust's funds and ensuring your wishes for the animal's care are carried out in the manner the trust spells out. And given the potential conflict of interest, you may consider naming someone other than the caregiver as trustee. In this way, you now have two people who are invested in ensuring that the care of your pet and money are properly handled. And at the very least, your caretaking instructions should outline your pet's basic requirements, dietary needs, exercise regimen, medications, and veterinary care. Be sure to think of all your pet's future needs, including extra services like grooming, boarding, and walking. Beyond basic care, you can lay out instructions for just about any other special treatment you want your furry friend to receive, from sleeping arrangements and yummy treats to weekly visits to the park and favorite toys. A pet trust can provide Fido and Fluffy with whatever lifestyle you wish for them. Finally, don't forget to address what you want done at the end of your pet's life, such as burial, cremation, or memorial services. And then, when you're determining how much money to put aside for your pet's care, you should carefully consider your pet's age, health, and care needs. Remember, you're covering the cost of caring for the animal for the rest of its life, and even basic expenses can add up over time. Most pet owners want their beloved pets to receive more than just the bare necessities. And given this, make sure you carefully calculate the costs for any special treatments or services you include in the trust and leave enough money to pay for them. And if you do end up leaving more money behind than needed, you can always name a remainder beneficiary, such as a family member or charity, to inherit any funds not spent on the pet. In order to do right by your furry family, I'd recommend that you consult with a personal family lawyer for help creating a pet trust. A personal family lawyer is going to make certain that you have all of the necessary terms included in your estate plan to ensure your pet receives the kind of love and care it deserves when you're no longer around to provide it. And if you're in Arizona or Colorado and find that this is something that you'd like to discuss further with me, I encourage you to call my front office and schedule 15 minutes with me. And that phone number is 480-999-4455. Or you can head straight over to my calendar at bit.ly forward slash call Easton Law. And as a quick reminder that nothing 
I say should be considered legal, financial, or tax advice because I don't know anything about your unique situation. So unless we have an agreement in place, I am not your lawyer. I am, however, very glad that you listened in today. This was another episode of Family Wealth and Other Musings, and I'm your host, Becky Easton. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.